Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. All right, Trinity. How's everybody doing this morning? Are you happy to be here today? That's weak. We could do better than that. Are you happy to be here today? All right, I'm Pastor TJ. It's good to see everybody in the house this morning at Trinity. Welcome to everybody that's joining us online. It is a wonderful Sunday for us to be together. Our God is on the move. He's on the move. He's doing amazing things just like he said he would. And you want to hear the bananas part of this whole thing? Here's the bananas part. How many of you remember algebra? Remember you'd have those letters that are in the numbers? No letter should ever be in a number equation, right? You know, it's the variable. We don't know what the variable is. You know what the variable is for the kingdom of heaven? You. You're the variable, baby. God wants to change the world through you. And today he's going to do it. I am. Can you tell I'm fired up? I'm pumped up, baby. It's good to see everybody. We're continuing our series today, actually finishing it up called Crazy Faith. Um, We cannot do anything for the kingdom. We can't do anything personally for God without taking steps of faith. Uh, Today as a church, we're going to take a big step of faith. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we get there, we're going to talk. I think it's hysterical how God weaves stuff together. How many have ever been to the dentist? Where's our dentist? Where's our de- there you go. We got our dentist right there, right? How many of you love going to the dentist? Sick people. <laughs> Sick people. Nobody likes going to the dentist. Why do you like going to the dentist? <laughs> she says, I just like it. My teeth feel great. Most of us humans don't like going to the dentist. Is there anything worse? You'll get this. You get. Is there anything worse as you get older? You're eating your favorite snack. I'm a popcorn person. So there's nothing worse than me chomping on some popcorn and accidentally getting a seed there, and you chomp down a little bit too hard, and then what happens? You know, snack crapple pot. Yeah, there goes the tooth. Whatever it is. I remember. Oh, probably now about four years ago, I was chewing on some popcorn and I broke a tooth. It was awful. Is there anything worse than tooth pain? It's just awful. You can't think. You can't do anything. So. I don't know what I did. I hit something, and I had this pain that would start in the front of my bottom teeth and, was, and would radiate. And I could tell you, the tooth that hurt was like the second one from the front, and it was just awful. And I'm thinking stuff like this. Man, God, I don't want to lose one of my front teeth. You know, if that's your will, we'll let it get done, but we're going to put something fake right there. So I go to the dentist, and he asks you, don't you, I just go to the dentist. What's the first thing they do? They tell you to open as wide as you can. By the way, for the record, the dentist told me this. He said, I had a little mouth. <laughs> what? It's true. I said, can you write that on a pamp, a little note that I could take to my wife? So, and so they ask you to open as wide as you can, and what's the first thing they do? They find the sharpest object that mankind has ever created, and they start poking around in there to find out where the pain is. You know, can you use like a Nerf thing, do that? So I remember I was in there, told him what it, what it hurt, and he looked at it, and he goes, okay, he goes, I, I, he goes, I found the tooth, the bad tooth, he goes, it's way in the back. I said, no, 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 Doc. I said, the tooth that hurts is right up here in the front. He goes, yeah, I know what you said. He goes, I found the tooth that's way here in the back. I said, no, no, you're not listening to the English that I'm speaking. The tooth that hurts is right here. And he goes, no, no. He goes, he goes there's this thing that happens uh, with your teeth. You have this, this thing, it's called referred pain, where pain moves. You think it's in one place, but really it's oriented in another place. It's originated somewhere else. I looked at him thinking that this guy is crazy. And he looked at me, I'll never forget this. He goes, TJ, he said, did you go to college to be a dentist? No, I did not, doctor. He said, do you trust me? 
I know where it hurts, but you got the skills as a doctor, I trust you. So the weirdest thing happened. He was right. He went back to that tooth, took care of that tooth, and all the pain in the rest of my mouth went away. He, like my wife, was right. It was the strangest thing. It was crazy. It was nuts. Sometimes, beloved, it's hard to trust when we don't fully understand what's going on. Has anybody ever had that challenge? It's hard to trust when you don't see the whole picture. I cannot see inside my little mouth. But he could. He could see it and he took care of the problem. It's really hard to trust when it comes to pain. God wants to deal with our pain, but sometimes in order for God to deal with our pain, he's got to take our hand and go right smack into the middle of it. Because what's his heart? His heart is that you would be free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you can't be free from your pain unless you're willing to face it, take it on, and take it out. That's what God does for us. Now, when it comes to our faith, you know, God's speaking to us. Faith is a huge component in how God helps us to navigate our pain and to become the people that God created us to be. In fact, you cannot be a fully devoted follower of Christ without taking steps of faith. You can't be impossible. You'll never live up to your purpose. That's why we've been talking about faith all this month, because it's a crucial component for us being believers. Now, sometimes when we take steps of faith, it looks a little odd to people that don't know who God is. In fact, sometimes it looks even a little bit crazy. Have you ever, God ever asked you to do something maybe a little crazy? People didn't understand? I know it's crazy, but we need it, because part of your faith has an element of faith. Hebrews eleven six puts it this way, says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So why do we as believers need to operate in faith in order to please God? Well, with faith, faith is the key. Everybody say, faith is the key. Faith is the key to transformation. It's the key to transformation for us. Our steps of faith activate the work of the Spirit that happens in our life and through our life. This is what the kingdom is all about, beloved. Steps of faith activate the kingdom that is transforming you from the inside out. And steps of faith activate the kingdom that is all around us. God just doesn't want to work in you, but he also wants to work through you. We're going to hit these two things today. And then, 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 we're going to love our community and walk and spread the kingdom in ways that are just going to be, they're going to go into the annals of heaven. It's going to echo to heaven. For, you know, every time you, you, you lead somebody to Christ, every time you become the hands and feet of Christ, those things echo into the halls of eternity. Why? Because the only thing that you have that's eternal is each other. That's it. The people that are around us is going to be great. So first, let's talk about the kingdom inside of us. The Holy Spirit's work inside of us. We know this. The Spirit lives in every one of us as believers. And we know this, the heart of the kingdom lives inside of us as believers. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 20. If you have our app, you go on our app, you get my notes. If you have the U version of the Bible, look for live events. You'll see Trinity Community Church. Pull it up. This is Jesus talking about the kingdom. Luke 17, verse 20. It says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation." Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's a powerful statement. The kingdom of God isn't something that we just, we find on a hill somewhere. 
The kingdom of God is birthed through the spirit inside of us. So you know what that means? You are a carrier of the kingdom. Did you know that? You're an ambassador of Christ. You know what ambassadors do? Ambassadors represent the kingdom. Whatever they're, you know, they're representing, the United States or Mexico, whatever it is. When you come as an ambassador, you come with full authority of the kingdom. As a believer, beloved, we are ambassadors for Christ. The kingdom of God comes with us wherever we go. God's love, transforming presence, and power sits inside your heart. That thing beats inside of your chest. And it's the Holy Spirit, when he's activated in our lives, that births God's likeness, transformation inside of us. What does that mean? It means this. When you allow the Spirit to change you, everything changes. Did you hear it in the drama? You put God first. You seek him first. Everything in your life changes. What we do changes. What we value changes. The thing we say changes. The things that we do, it all changes. How we see others. Our viewpoint changes. We don't see others as rivals anymore. We don't see others as enemies anymore. We see people created in the image of God. Because everybody we meet is created in the image of God. That means this. They are fiercely loved by the creator. You know what that means? They're also fiercely loved by us. They are. God changes that. Do you know that you and I do not have the natural capacity to love everybody that we meet? How many of you have somebody in your life that you don't necessarily like? But some of you like lifted hands. I didn't even get finished yet. You don't like, he's over there, Harold's over there. You know the greatest miracle of all when it comes to the kingdom? It's the ability that God gives us to love each other. He gives you the ability to love each other, to love people, even if they don't change and become people that you like. Do you know anybody that that hasn't changed and that bugs the fire out of you? So funny. So many wives are like, Hey, right? right? How we see others changes. How we see ourselves also changes. You remember when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as you love your yourself. How we see ourselves changes. We see ourselves through the eyes of the kingdom. We see ourselves through the eyes of the creator. So when you wake up in the morning, when you woke up this morning and you got out of bed and you saw, you had the first glorious glimpse of your face in the morning in in that bathroom mirror, what did you see? Were you like, oh God, or were you like, "Eh." what was it like? What do you see when you see yourself? Sometimes it's tough for us to see who God created us to be. Sometimes it's hard for us to get our head around being the person that God created us to be, because we see ourselves in all of our flaws. God doesn't just see our flaws, but he sees us as we were created to be. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Made to change the world. That's how God sees us. But sometimes we struggle. For example, have you ever, when it comes to fashion, seen something in a catalog, on the internet, maybe in a store in a mannequin, and you thought, man, that thing looks great. So you buy it. And after you buy it, you put it on your body. And it doesn't look the same on your body as it did on those other people's bodies. This is a guy wearing a hat. Just look at him. Cool, isn't it? I lo- Thank you, Ben. 
I love hats. I think hats are incredibly cool. I love hats so much I buy hats, and this thing happens to me. It's just weird. Um, I, when I buy a hat, I expect it to look like that on me, but in reality, it looks more like, like this. <laughs> now, I don't know what it is. My wife claims it's the size of my ginormous head. I don't know. She could be right. Hats don't look the same. In fact, to her, she says, when I buy a hat, it looks more like this, <laughs> Mr. Potato Head, right? So this is what usually happens in the Harris house. We buy hats. I buy hats. I put it on my head. I think it looks great. And you never see me in a hat. You know why? Because at some point, reality comes in and TJ, this thing can't pull off a hat. It just can't. So you know what I've done? I've come to terms with this head. God did not give me a hat-wearing head. Tossle cap maybe, ball cap sometimes, the other stuff. So I live vicariously through others. Like Jerry Hauser, he wears great hats. You ever notice that? He's got a great hat. TJ, not so much. So I've adopted this. I just, I'm not a hat guy, but there's other things I can't pull off, like this. <laughs> notice the two things that are in that picture right now. An awesome poncho, I still have that, and a bowl of ice cream. I can pull both those things off all day. You know what this is? This is understanding and accepting who you are in Christ. <laughs> Figure out who you are. You don't have to be somebody else. You may not be great, at certain things. But know this, God created you to be amazing and magnificent at other things. He did. The goal of the Spirit, the goal of the kingdom, steps of faith internally continue to reveal to you who God created you to be. As you take those steps of faith, as God develops you and as God transforms you, we learn more and more about all the gifts that you bring to the table. Every one of you has a fish and has a loaf that you bring to the table. God gave you something to do. He gave you a skill. He gave you a talent. He gave you a passion. He gave all of you something to do that will benefit the kingdom if you put it in his hands. But sometimes we, we, we get nervous to put those things in God's hands. Why? Because we don't think it's enough. Beloved, know this. It's not enough. Your little thing is not enough. But when you put it in the hands of God, that little thing becomes something and God magnifies it for the kingdom. Steps of faith first start with their own personal transformation. We see this beautifully illustrated, again, in the life of Peter. I love Peter. Can anybody here relate to Peter? An old salty fisherman. You know, he had a few talents. Isn't it funny that when, when God called Peter, what did he say to Peter? He said, follow me and I'll do what? I'll make you a fisher of men. He understood Peter's gift and his talent, and he equated it to the kingdom, right? He didn't say, lay down your gift and your talent. He equated it to the kingdom. And what did Peter do? He became a fisher of men. We see this beautifully when Jesus walked in the water. If you've got your Bibles, flip over to Matthew chapter 14 real quick. This is a great, great passage. It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples to get in the boat and go ahead of them to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd... After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountain side by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind that was against it. Verse 25, shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Hello, I would be terrified too, right? It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. And you've got to love what Peter does. Peter rises. Look at Peter's response in verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. What a great statement of faith. 
How many of us would have that kind of faith being out there and on a lake saying, God, if it's you, I want to come out there with you. What did Jesus say? Come, come, he said. Then Peter takes a step of faith. He got out of the boat, walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. What an amazing moment. Peter walking on the water, coming toward Jesus. But, isn't it funny how in life, butts kind of slide in there? But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him. And he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were, with, uh, w- w- who were with him in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Peter sees Jesus. His faith starts to stir. The Holy Spirit somebody, speaks to his heart and says, Peter, you can be like Jesus. He wants you to be like him. You can do this thing. So what does he do? He calls out to God. Jesus gives him an invitation. Beloved, if you're sitting in here today, Jesus has given you an invitation to come and to follow him, to be his disciple. Do you know what it means to be a disciple? To be like Jesus. Not just to know about Jesus, that's a historian. To be a disciple means you have been given an invitation to be like Jesus, to do the things that Jesus did, to say the things that Jesus said, to live the way that Jesus lived. So Peter hears the invitation, he responds, and for a moment... Peter experiences something that's miraculous. He walks on the water like Jesus. Peter would forever be marked as the one that walked on the water with Jesus. We're still talking about this today, 2,000 years later. And I got to think this. In that moment, Peter saw himself like Jesus. No limitations. Perfect unity with God. No fear. He was like Jesus. How? He stepped out of the boat. Faith is the key to unlocking the kingdom inside of you, who God created you to be. But then something happened. He saw the waves, he felt the wind, and doubt crept in. Beloved, when doubt comes in, faith decreases. By the way, what did Peter doubt? Did he doubt God? Did he doubt Jesus? Or did he doubt himself? What did he say? Lord, save me. He didn't doubt Jesus. Jesus was still standing on the water. Who did he doubt? Himself. The work that God was doing inside of him, the transformation. Does anybody here ever doubt the work that God is doing inside of you? Does anybody here ever feel like you're not enough? Does everybody here ever feel like, Lord, you must have made a mistake because all those gifts you said I have, I think they went to the mailbox next to me right? Peter doubts himself and he starts to sink. When doubt comes in, faith decreases. This is why, beloved, we strive to keep our eyes fixed on God. Here's the question. Who could you be each day if you actually knew who you were in Christ? What could you accomplish each day if you actually walked in faith and allowed God to reveal to you that you are the person that he created you to be. What would your life look like if you allowed the Spirit to transform you from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head? The kingdom of God is pounding in your chest. If you give the Holy Spirit that type of reign in your life, God will transform you. He'll change you from the inside out. Steps of faith for us. 
those steps, you need faith in your life so that you can continue to see personal transformation. But that's not all. There's another piece. We don't just need faith so that you and I can be changed personally. We also need to operate in faith so that we can see the kingdom expand through us to others. You see, faith activates the power in our lives to see everybody that's around us radically changed for the kingdom of God. Do you know that you're the key to see people healed, changed, delivered, set free? Peace comes with you. Freedom comes with you. Healing comes with you. Why? Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead beats in your chest. The Bible says that when we're weak, we open ourselves to be portals to God's power. God wants to touch the world, change the world through you. This is the function of the church, to expand the kingdom everywhere we go, to see lives transformed. God said this in Matthew 28, 19, this is our rudder, these are our marching orders. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we do what we do. To go out and to accomplish this, Again, we need to understand it's going to take steps of faith because when you take a step of faith, you activate the spirit, the kingdom that's inside of you. And we need that spirit activation. Why? Because we don't deal with just human opposition. I wish this was just about people that just didn't know, but it's not. There's a dark world around here that's doing everything it can to keep people in darkness and destroy people. Do you know why the enemy hates people so much? You know why the enemy hates you so much? You know how God loves unconditionally. You know what that means? That means that there's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you any more or any less. Do you know that the enemy hates you unconditionally? Do you know why? You're made in the image of the creator. He can't hurt God, but you know what he can do? He can take you out. And if he takes you out, he hurts the creator because the creator loves you. Do you know that? That's why we fight for people. That's why we recognize we're not just in a physical battle, we're in a spiritual battle. We deal with the thing behind the thing. There's an incredible story about this. If you flip over to Matthew 17 real quick, verse 14. It's a great story. It says, when Jesus came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and he knelt before him. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus gets frustrated every once in a while. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that very moment. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you had the faith of a small, as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus shows us two things in this. He shows us that there's a spirit world behind things that the church has been equipped to deal with. Do you know who deals with darkness? We do. We do. The church is the hope of the world. God chose the church. You're the church to deal with those dark things. If we don't get it done, nobody gets it done. There's nothing on the planet that can deal with darkness except the church. So we have to remember that. And two, God's heart is that we operate in faith. You don't need a whole lot of faith to get things done. 
You don't. Faith activates the Spirit's work inside of us, the kingdom expansion through us. You don't need a lot of faith to move a mountain, beloved. All you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed. That little seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Have you ever one of those suckers put like in your eye? Ever peppery little mustard seed? You don't need a lot. I can tell you this, though, even though it's tiny, mustard seeds are powerful. They are. That little seed of the spirit of faith is powerful. As a church, we believe for the impossible. As a church, we expect, we come with expectation to see God move in impossible ways, to bring amazing things in impossible situations. That's why we suck air. Beloved, if we could get all this done in our own power, you wouldn't even need Jesus. But you can't. So we do. We need God, and we believe that God's going to show up. As a church, we believe that people will be healed, set free, saved by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, me, all of us. Now, I got good news for you. Whether you believe this or know this or not, in a few hours, you're going to get the opportunity to experience this, to allow the Spirit to flow through you. In a few hours, we're going to be hosting this little thing called Family Fest. In a few hours, there's going to be thousands. Everybody say thousands. This is not your little teeny weeny, you know, Holy Ghost weenie roast. This is Family Fest. In a few hours, there's going to be thousands of people here on our grounds that need to have an encounter with a God that's real, a God that's powerful, and a God that loves them so much he sent his son to die for them. Now here's the question. Do you believe that the God of the universe can reach all of these people? Do you believe it, beloved? Do you believe that the God of this universe can reach all these people through you? you believe that he can heal through you? Do you believe that people can be set free through you? Do you have enough faith this morning, beloved, to see God do impossible things through you? The last time I checked, the last time I checked, I really believe, I remember hearing this from somewhere. The church is a people, not a place. The church is not a building. The church is not made by steel and wood and, 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 and beams and carpet and foam. The church is built with human hearts. The church is a, it's built with living stones. You're one of those living stones. I'm one of those living stones. The church is a people, not a place. Where you go, the church goes. Where you go, the spirit goes. Do you believe that God can touch all of these people through you? So this crazy thing, this is nuts. Guys, we've already had so many God stories. Already it's been crazy. Um, but one thing that we did, and I don't know if, if, if sometimes when you get back and you look at things from 30,000 foot, there's a few things that we did to prepare um, what God's going to do here in a few minutes. Money is easy peasy. God takes care of money. Bikes are easy peasy. God takes care of all that. One of the things that we've done as a church and I'm very proud about is for 31 days, we have prayed. For 31 days, we fasted. For 31 days, we've said, Lord, the battle is yours, not ours. So you know what today's going to be? Easy picking, baby. Because God's been preparing the ground of hearts. All of the hearts that'll be here today and your heart. Today is going to be a day when God uses you and I 
to step out and do impossible things. This is how I prayed this morning. You guys know me. I'm a story guy, right? So I prayed this. I said, Lord, I want 12 supernatural encounters today. 12. Because I want a cool story for every month. You know, just a cool story. So if I want 12 supernatural encounters, that means this. Today, I at, least, I, at the very least, I need to take 12 radical steps of faith to encounter the supernatural. Why? Because faith is the key to the door. How many steps will you take today, beloved? How many encounters, God-led encounters, will you allow the Spirit to direct you in today? Today, people will move from death to life because you say yes. And I can promise you this, beloved. When you do what God asks you to do and you say yes, and God brings somebody to the kingdom through that, there is nothing like it on the planet. The closest thing is like a Chicago deep dish pizza, but that's a, that's a distant second. Bowl of ice cream, three o'clock, that's a third. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for two things this morning. We're going to pray for the people that will be here, and we're going to pray for ourselves. So this is what I want you to do. Grab the hand of the person next to you. And right now we're going to believe in prayer. First of, for God to, uh, to do amazing things with everybody that will be here. So, Father, right now we pray that, Lord, as you have prepared the hearts of every person that will be here just in a few hours, Lord God, that, Father, you would open up divine opportunities for them to know you. Father, we pray that you put a hunger in people's hearts. We pray that you put a thirst in people's hearts, Lord God, to know you. We pray this morning for divine encounters. Father, we pray that, God, you would connect us with people that need to hear our stories. We pray that, Father, that you would connect us with people that need to hear, Lord God, how you've been speaking to us through them. Father, we pray that through the hot dogs and through the cotton candy and through the hay rides and all the games and the prizes and everything, Lord, that, Father, you would make yourself known. Father, we pray for a harvest of souls today, Lord God. We pray that, Father, you would move people from death to life. Now, I want you to take your hand and put it on your chest. Father, we pray this morning that, God, you would radically release every person in this room to your service. We pray that this morning we would be your ambassadors. This morning, Lord God, Holy Spirit, we give you permission to move us, to speak to us. Give us the strength and the courage we need to take the steps of faith we need to take so your kingdom will be expanded through us. Today, we yield our lives to you, and we trust that through us, your kingdom will be expanded. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.